0: You are listening to Pastor Mike Greiner of Harvest Community Church in Catanee, Pennsylvania. We pray that you will be challenged today as you listen to a sermon entitled, The Big Story, recorded on July the 2nd, 2017. For more information, check us out on the web at harvestpa.org. Let's join Pastor Mike as he preaches. Well, if you would open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, and if, you, if you're reading, it says verses 9 to 12 twenty three to twenty five and thirty three and thirty four that 's an odd collection you can see i 've picked about the chapter and then this is going to be an uh, I, I suppose a, a bit of a unique sermon for that reason because um, Jesus says he drops these little these little hints into the middle of all these parables that there 's a bigger something happening that there 's a bigger story going on that there 's something he 's not telling us, and what I like to do is explore. Um, what he's not telling us, um, but is telling us, that's in the middle of um, Mark chapter 4. So, are you ready to jump in with me? Okay, Mark 4, starting in verse 9. It says, and he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Very common phrase for Jesus. Verse 10, when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him, about the parables. Notice that it says those around him with the 12. Um, Jesus had 12 apostles. Sometimes we call them his disciples, and you can because all apostles are also disciples, but not all disciples are apostles, right? Um, If you're a follower of Christ, you should be a disciple. That doesn't make you an apostle. Jesus, when he traveled, it turned out, if you look for the clues throughout the Gospels, he had a lot of people who loved him, who followed him, who called him Lord? Um, he would get away with the twelve only sometime, but very often there was a band of people that we don 't know the number of. It was probably several hundred who who saw themselves as with him, and that was men and women. Um, some women, it even says in one of the gospels were were often bankrolling their his his ministry, paying for for what was needed as they as they traveled along. So don't let those little things in the scriptures pass you by. It's not just the twelve asking about the parables, but there's those who are close to him. So you think he's speaking to a crowd, and the crowd hears them. And then there's a subset of the crowd that is so excited about him they follow him around, and and and, and they really want to know what are you talking about. And then there's the twelve that he has personally chosen from them. He he chose the twelve and said, you guys. Um, I'm going to tell you even more. And that's what he says in verse 11. He said to them, To you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. which should get your attention if you're reading the text? He says, I'm giving you the secret. Well, isn't it always fun to be on the receiving end of a secret? You know? He says, you want to know a secret? Well, yeah. Tell, are you going to tell me or not? And uh, to you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. And and he doesn't mean inside or outside a house. He means outside of this circle to you has has not been given the secret. They don't get the secret. They get parables. Well, parables are stories that teach us. So they're, they're not getting nothing. They're not getting the secret. Why? Verse 12, so that they may indeed see. They may indeed see, but not perceive, that they may indeed hear. But not understand. Why not? Well, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Wow. Jump down to verse 23. He says again, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. To the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is what I'm referring to. He's, he's not telling parables here. He's giving some sort of inside baseball, some sort of... He, he's talking about something he's not talking about. Do you, do you see what I mean? He's, he's saying, <laughs> um, what are you talking about, Jesus, is what I'd want to say to him. To the one who's been given, he'll get more, and the one who has not even what he has will be taken away you're you're talking in some kind of code here and then jump down to 33 and 34 he said with many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it he spoke the word as they were able to hear it there's like an adjustment to the word. This is all you can handle. Can you tell me more of the truth? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, that's all you can take. He did not speak to them without a parable. So, in some sense, the crowd couldn't handle anything beyond a parable. Why is that? But privately, to his own disciples, he explained everything. They got the secret. Now, I'm not going to be able to figure out all these mysteries because Jesus didn't explain them all to me. But in the scriptures, he explained a lot. So what we want to do is, this is what makes this sermon unique. We're going to delve into the secrets that he's talking about. And the way I want to tackle it is just break it apart with three, observing three truths that he reveals here. And just looking at them closely. Right? First, many people hear Jesus, but do not hear Jesus. Many people hear him, but do not hear him. Many, you know, parents often say that talking to their children, you know. Children are, the parent is given the best lecture that they've ever given. It's coherent. It's intelligent. There's no way the teenager can argue with it. And the teenager just hears, are you hearing me? Yeah. No, you're not. There's people who hear Jesus, but don't hear he, he constantly repeats this phrase, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. That's a very strange phrase. We hear it so much, perhaps we, we don't even think about it. It's like, I don't know what that means, but let's move on. Uh, what does it mean? If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, they all have ears. I don't think it's a crowd full of people without ears. That'd be weird. They all have ears. And they can all hear him say the words if you have ears. To hear. I, we, shouldn't they all be able to say, we all can hear you. But if you have ears to hear, let him hear. What does that phrase mean? If you had to put that in your own words, let me put it in my own words. I think, it, I think I'm certain he's saying, I've told you something very important. I just said a parable to you and this parable matters. That's why I'm saying, if you have ears to hear, so first, it implies, I've said something important, but second, it implies, if you understand it, you better change the way you live. Right? If he, for the one who has ears to hear, let him hear. Don't, don't just let me be talking. You better pay attention to what I'm saying, and it better change the way you think, which will change the way you act. If you, have ear, if you know what I'm talking about, better change and also, I think, is implicit or implied is if you don't understand, you should try. Like, he just told a parable, I have no idea what he was talking about. Well, let him who has ears to hear. I wonder if, if that's what caused many of his disciples and the apostles to come up and say, could you explain that to us? We have ears to hear and we have no idea what you're talking about, throwing seeds on the ground. What a, what's the deal? When I was in high school... I had to read Animal Farm. I loved Animal Farm. A lot of people don't like Animal Farm. I didn't like most of the books I had to read in high school. Can I tell all high school teachers here, what the heck's going on with American Lit? Why do you make us read that stuff? I like Americans. I like Americans who write. It's always the most depressing things in the world. Gosh, Scarlet Letter, Separate Peace, Catcher in the Rye. I just want to die when I go to American Lit class. It's like Americans must all be depressed. I liked Animal Farm. Most people had to read Animal Farm around my age, and I guess, are they still reading Animal Farm today? No. Well, to many people, it's just a story about animals who can talk, who run off the farmer and take over the farm, and then pigs, who are a little smarter than other animals, who take over the farm and rule. And if that's all it's about to you, you should go to tech school. (laughs) Do not waste your parents' money on a liberal arts education. It's just not your thing. When I was a kid, one of the stories I've never forgotten, and perhaps I'm more thankful for than almost any story I've ever heard except stories in the Bible, is the emperor's new clothes by... Hans Christian Andersen and everyone should know the emperor's new clothes right the the emperor these guys come into the kingdom and they say we have clothing for you oh emperor and it's the finest clothing in the world and and all the best kings and it costs the most money so he's flattered he wants to see it and they hold it out it's nothing there's nothing in his hands and and he can't see it and he begins to show that and he says no there's something magical about these clothing if you're a fool you can't see it only wise people can see it well then King, of course, look how beautiful it is. And he ends up buying these clothes and having a big parade and walking through town wearing really just his underwears. And I like saying underwears plural because that's how kids say it. Not just underwear. And it's been announced to the town that he has these expensive clothes that, that the wise can see and the fools can't. So everyone in the town thinks, oh, these are lovely clothes. Except one little boy. Who shouts out? The king's naked. Now that's just a funny story about a naked king. That's all you get. You had ears to hear, but you didn't hear. Because that's not what it's about. It's about how the mob is often wrong. And fear of man is a snare. That's what it's about. Well, how about the prodigal son story in the Bible? You know... The prodigal son story, the one guy goes up to his dad and very brazenly says, Dad, can I have half my inheritance? Generally, you wait for dad to die. You know, (laughs) if you're feeling kind of greedy, just wait for him to die. But he's like, Dad, I can't wait. You're too healthy. I'm not going to kill you, but could you give me my stuff? He already knows it's not as much as his older brother. He takes his stuff. He goes, he wastes it on horrible living. And then he ends up poor, needy. And he says, gee, the servants on my dad's farm or business make, they eat better than I do. I'm going to go ask him if I can just be a servant. I'm not worthy to be a son. And he comes back and the father sees him and he runs out and he hugs him and he says, kill the fatted calf. My son has come back and he's, he's restored as a son. And And then the older brother's jealous. And if that's just to you, that's a really beautiful story. You have ears to hear. Jesus told that story. And there were people, and that's all they heard. But what they missed was he wasn't saying that. That had nothing to do with anything. The whole point of the story wasn't that one guy came home. The point was, repent of your sins and run back to God, and he will receive you as a father does a son. Be humble. Admit you're a sinner. He has ears to hear. Let him hear. Have you done that? Have you heard that story? Did you repent of your sins? Hopefully you did, right? He was ears to hear, let him hear. Means I'm trying to tell you something beyond these stories. And you should be fighting to get it. And then you should obey it. You should change the way you think. When Jesus told these parables, who were the ones most likely to understand? Imagine there's a whole crowd of people. Who are the ones who are going to get it? Would it be the the high school teachers in the crowd? Who's going to be most likely to understand a parable? Not the clever. Well, the smart ones. The smart ones get everything. No, no, no. The humble. It's always true in the Scripture. God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. That him who has ears to hear is talking not about your intelligence, but the condition of your heart, your posture. Are you humble? God is always near to the humble and the brokenhearted. So, who hears this is the humble. And the same, by the way, is true in every gospel-preaching church throughout the world at all times. Not everyone hears the sermon who hears the sermon. Not everyone hears. Everyone can sit in the room, but not everyone hears. Not everyone changes what they think when they hear the word of God preached. But the humble do, right? Okay, then we get verse 23 and 24. He says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. Okay, so now he's adding to this. This is abstract, isn't it? Don't worry, we're going to get to story soon, because we all need story. But right, this is the abstract stuff he put in between the parables of chapter 4. It's like the mortar between the bricks. He just throws these statements in. He's like, everyone who has ears to hear, let them hear. Okay, we got that. And then he says this. Pay attention to what you hear. So now he's elaborating on his own statement. If you're wondering, why do you keep saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, let me elaborate. By that I mean, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. What's he saying? For to the one who has, more will be given And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Do you think you understand what I just said to you, Jesus says? If you don't change the way you think, I'll take it away from you. You won't even, you'll think you understand, you don't even. But if you're paying attention and you're changing the way you think, you know what I'll do? I'll open more doors of understanding to you. You'll see more. Uh, uh, Great thing about the Bible, it should never get old. It only gets old to those who, who aren't humble before it. I mean, if, if, if you say, oh, no, we're going through the gospel of Mark. I've read that before. Okay. <laughs> you, you better pay attention to what he says. Because the gospel of Mark will bring you treasures every year of your life if it's the only gospel you read, and you read it every year. If you receive, you get more. Where are you right now? How are you doing? Think about your own life, your own brain. When you're hearing the word of God, do you have ears to hear? Are you paying attention to the word? Okay, so that was all the first observation. Many people hear Jesus but do not hear him. I don't want that to be me. You don't want that to be you, do you? You can answer that, do you? No, okay, good. Second observation to make. Normally, my first observation is always the biggest This sermon, the last one's the biggest. These are the smaller ones. (laughs) Jesus gave specialized training to his closest disciples, equipping them for future ministry. And I'm not sure what the application of this is. I'm just observing that he did it. You know, he he didn't give the same training to everybody. There's no equity here. He didn't just, well, all this is going to be on the internet and you can all get it. He's like... I'm going to tell all of you this, and a lot of you aren't hearing a thing I'm saying. And I can live with that. These 12, they get a ton, and then these other disciples, they're going to get a ton too. Verse 11, again, he said to those, he said to them, to you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. Those outside, they get parables. Again, 33 and 34, with many parables, he spoke the word to them. As they were able to hear it, but he did not speak to them without a parable, but privately he explained everything. Jesus has a multi-tier level of instruction. He taught the crowds. He taught the crowds. And then he taught disciples. By the way, that's how it has to be in any Christian world, in any Christian church. Right? Preacher teaches everybody, but then he'd better be setting aside some people (laughs) that he has more time for. You think, well, that's not fair. Shouldn't we all have just as much time with the preacher? First, he's not that impressive. There's a lot more impressive people in the church who could teach you. But second, it's impossible. This is not how God does it. It's really great the way the Bible spells out what the church is to be like. We're all to be instructors of one another to one level. There are some called to be teachers and preachers, but all are called to exhort, to instruct, to rebuke, to encourage. So uh, that was a a rabbit trail. Let me get back to where I was here. Um, So he taught the 12, and the 12 get the most intense training, right? You... (laughs) You might say, well, what about the rest of us? What what did he tell the 12? I want the secret knowledge. I want the secrets. Right? You don't have to join the Masonic Lodge and rise up to the 33rd power to learn how some weirdness happens. You don't got to get a secret decoder ring. You don't have to join the Mormon temple and wait till your special underwear gets you into the big temple. You don't have to join the Tom Cruise party and I don't know what kind of weirdness that religion Scientology does. I want the secret knowledge, he told the twelve. Well, guess what? Here's the weird part. Before leaving earth, Jesus told this to the twelve. And you've probably heard this before, but look at it in light of what we're reading. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then look at this part. Teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. All the secrets I told you, tell them. He's saying... All that specialized training I gave you, yes, tell everybody. To which, <laughs> by the way, that, that's how we get the New Testament. The apostles wrote letters. They said, "This is all the secret stuff. We have the secret stuff." So when he says to you, "It has been given to know the secrets," I will say to you, Christian, now there is equity. You get the same secrets. You get it. But it still leads to a question, if Jesus was intending the apostles to just spill after he ascended into heaven, why did he keep so many secrets when he was walking the earth? Do you see what I mean? Are you with me? Do you see where my question comes from? In three years, I'm going to, or probably from this point, about two years, I'm going to a cross, I'm dying to cross for the sins of the world, I'm going to go to the ground for three days, the third day I'm going to rise again. I'm going to meet with you for 40 days. And by the way, there was secret teaching then. You know what Jesus did the 40 days after he was resurrected? He taught his disciples everywhere he was in the Bible, the Old Testament. He taught the Bible for 40 more days. They got more inside knowledge. He didn't teach the crowds anymore that time. He didn't teach unbelievers, only believers. And then he left. But he said, you teach now. Well, if you're going to open up the book of secrets to everybody, why didn't you do it? Before the cross. Do you see the question? Okay. The answer to that is surprising. And it's gigantic in scope. And it's kind of mind-blowing. And I'm going to give it to you right now. And that's number three. Verses 11 and 12 point to the great mystery of God's plan for the entire world. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Let's get back to the idea of story. Human beings need stories. We don't just like stories. We need stories. Right? We need stories. Why do people go to the movies? <laughs> they like stories. Why do people read books? They like stories. Why do people watch television? They like stories. Why do, why do humans like stories? Why do we like narrative? Why do we care that something has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and something happens and there's moral parts to it? You'll never see animals in a circle telling stories. They have a hard time doing narrative. I never see my dog go up to the other dog and say, so then the possum fell down and I chased him and then he ran over there. So what I need you to do is come with me and help me get the possum. They have such trouble with narrative. I, I will give a dog a really nice treat. Maybe we're having some kind of meat and he, he gets a bone and the other one gets a bone. As soon as they're done with that bone, they will come running up just to get a milk bone, a biscuit. And they act like they have never eaten. I'm like, don't you, I just gave you a steak bone. i like, I don't do narrative. I don't remember. We are not like the animals. The world is lying to you. We are not biological animals. We are made in the image of God with a biological element to us. And we need stories. We need meaning. All human beings need to know meaning. Or they go mad. Or they go, they become either licentious, just whatever pleasure I can get. I guess that's why we're here where they just say, none of it's worth it. I'm jumping off a cliff. We need meaning to stay sane. That's not a, that's a, that doesn't happen by biological accident. It's because we have a God. We need story. That's why we like stories. Now, let's take the next step. I'm going to go farther and say, you need to know your story, and you need to know why do I exist on this earth, and what character do I play, and what's the big story? And I'm saying that in these little verses, Jesus is is just letting a little light shine because he's he's referring to the biggest story of all. And I'm going to show it to you right now. And I'm going to show it to you in what I can show it to you in about 10 minutes or so. So you may have questions and there could be a lot more said. But I'm going to show you the biggest story. And it may or may not be the story you expected. And you could have gone to church your whole life. Okay, verse 11 and 12. In 12, he is quoting Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet who spoke 700 years before Jesus says these words. Isaiah had a very unique calling. He was called to Israel at a time when Israel was going to be removed from the land of Israel because of their sin. His job was to go and tell them to repent of their sin so that they wouldn't be removed. Are you following me? You get that? Say yes, so I can hear you. Okay, because I need to know you're following this. So he, 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 mom says you don't knock that off. You know, it's like the little brother comes. Mom says you don't knock it off, you're going to get it. Dad says when he comes home, he's going to get you if you don't clean this up. That's Isaiah's job. Come tell him what dad says. Okay, but at the time he's called, and you can see it in Isaiah 6, He is told by God, I want you to go and tell them. And he, by the way, is the prophet with the longest ministry. He he preached about 60 years. He says, they won't listen to you. He was thought to be a very good preacher. People love to hear him. So hearing you, they will not hear you. So God sent him to preach to people to repent who would not repent. God knew they weren't going to repent. And then they were going to be punished. So his whole ministry was to go and to fail. <laughs> this is your ministry. I'd like you to go fail as a preacher for 60 years. And in the end, they're going to get tired of you and saw you in half. Well, that sounds fun. That's what verse 12, that they, Jesus in 11 and 12, though, here, here's the wild part. Okay, so if that happens, and that did happen, Israel was taken off the land in two parts once in 722 uh, BC and other at the at, at, at right around the, the five to six hundreds. When you think BC, you gotta go backwards with the numbers. They were taken off the land. It, it happened. This has already been fulfilled. Here's Jesus saying that prophecy was fulfilled then, it's, it's being fulfilled again. It had a double. Even Isaiah didn't know it. This is a double. It's a twofer. One prophecy, Buy one, get one free. Bogo. Verse 11, he said, To you it has been given the secret of the kingdom, but to those outside, everything in parables, so that, and here's he's quoting Isaiah, they may indeed see but not perceive, that they may hear but not understand lest they should turn and be forgiven. In one sense, like Isaiah, Jesus' ministry, and I mean this exactly like I'm saying it, this is the part where you, it may have never occurred to you. that You didn't know this was the story. I'm telling you this is the story. Jesus was supposed to fail in his preaching ministry. That was the whole goal. You're going to go, you're going to preach to Israel, and they're not going to listen to you. And that's the plan, just like Isaiah. It was a plan before you got there. <laughs> you're going to teach openly in their streets, but the leaders and the majority of the people who are going to go with the leaders will reject you, even though you are their savior. And even though rejecting you will mean pain for Jews until they change their mind and it's been that way ever since. So Jesus hid the truth from many. He told them all in parables. Why? So hearing they wouldn't hear and they would not repent and be saved. That's what he said, right? Why would why would you do that? If you wanted to know more, if you were faithful, you could what I'm telling you, most people don't believe or wouldn't believe if I told them. And that's this. God means, God his plan to bring salvation out of Israel. That Salvation, Jesus, listen, there's another thing people won't necessarily believe, but I'm telling you it's true. Jesus didn't come to bring salvation to the whole world. He came to bring salvation to Israel. And he let us see that. This one Gentile woman comes up and says, heal my daughter. He says, why should I give to dogs what is meant for children? He meant, why would I give to a pagan what is meant for Jews? He never left Israel. How do we get... Remember, all the other nations don't have God. Israel has the Bible. How do we get salvation out of Israel and to the rest of the world? the answer god's means for doing this was here's how we're going to do it you're going to go you're going to attempt to save these people by your preaching they are going to reject you and kill you and through that all the pagan nations will get the gospel that's god's that's the big story you live in that's the big story jesus never went to the gentiles every once in a while they'd wander into him he stayed in israel he never went to Italy. He never went to Spain. But they tell me that it's nice there. Sorry, that was a three dog night song coming into my head at the wrong moment. <laughs> never been to Spain, but I've been to Oklahoma. That's how the song goes. Jesus also was never in Oklahoma, no matter what the Mormons say. Cuz they said he was and he wasn't. He just stayed in Israel. He fulfilled, look, let me show you this. Enough, I told you the big story, now I'm gonna show it to you. You're about to get a ton of scripture and it's from all over the place and it's gonna start showing you the threads of this story so you know I'm not just making crap up. John 1, 11 and 12 says this, John's gospel. He, Jesus, came to his own. Who are his own? Say it out loud. Say Jews. Let's try that again. Who are his own? Good. He came to his own, and his own people, that's the Jews, did not receive him. Right in the very first chapter of John, there it is. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. He he fulfilled scripture in their midst. He's constantly saying, so that the scripture will be fulfilled, do this. So that the scripture will be fulfilled, do that. He rode into town on a donkey because the scripture said, Israel, your Savior comes riding on a donkey. And so he rode in on a donkey. And he says "The people, say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So there were kids singing out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the, world, the Lord. And everybody heard it. The Pharisees got mad and said, tell the children to shut up. And Jesus said, you don't get the story you're in, do you? If these kids shut up, the rocks will say it because the scripture is going to be fulfilled. Your Messiah just wrote in right in front of you, just like the scripture said, you're an expert on the scripture and you have eyes to see, but see nothing. The story is happening right in front of you and it's your job to reject me. How did Jesus respond by being rejected? by his own people. <laughs> Rejection hurts. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. He hung on a cross and died for the sins of Israel. He saved it for the whole world. Yeah, them too. Well, you're putting Israel first. I sure am. Doesn't the Bible? <laughs> for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the, who knows that, To the Jew first. To the Jew first. I came to Israel. He didn't come to bring the gospel to the whole world. He came to bring the gospel to Israel. He did specialized training with the 12. And he says, you guys take it to the whole world. It's not my job. My job is to be rejected. Why? If he's not rejected, there is no salvation for you. Unless you're a Jew here. And then you wouldn't, what, w- what would have happened, we could ask, and this is hypothetical, we can speculate, what would have happened if Israel had received her king? If the Pharisees always said, oh yes, it is you. In some way, Jesus would have to lay down his life because there's sins, without the remission of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. But it also would have been the end of time, most likely. That's all speculation, because they didn't. He said, you didn't see the time of your visitation, but it probably would have wrapped everything up. All the promises of the Old Testament fulfilled because Israel has received her king, but they didn't. What would happen now that Israel has rejected her king? Sorrow for Israel. The Jews are the most remarkable people in the world, and as Christians, we should have more respect for Jews than any than anyone else in the world. Many people hate the Jews. Hating the Jews is in now. It's politically in style. It's good to hate the Jews. Say they're mean to the Palestinians or whatever. Look, the Jews are not holy just because they're Jews. They're just people. They're going to go to hell if they don't receive Christ. But it's through them salvation comes, so we should respect them more than anyone in the world. And now you might be thinking, what you're saying is crazy. It may sound crazy, but this, trust me, if you look into it in the Bible, you'll see what I'm saying is dead on. Why are the Jews still a people? There's only like, I don't know, 15 million of them on the earth. That's it. How many people are in Pennsylvania? That's all the Jews on the earth. They're so blessed. (laughs) Why do so many artists, why do so many Nobel Prize winners, why do so many of them, I don't know. I think God continually blesses this ethnicity. Why are they still there? Until 1948, they didn't even have a country to live in. No one else just hangs out as a people when there's no country. Why are they so hated? Why have they been persecuted in every nation they've been in with with a possible exception in the United States? Uh, God is not protecting the United States because of our track record on abortion. (laughs) I know that, sir. Why did Hitler want to kill all the Jews? I mean, why didn't he go off on someone else? I'm going after the Mexican-Italians. Anyone who's Mexican and Italian, I'm taking them down. He could have said that. My whole family's gone. Or half my family. Half my family's German. We'd have to kill ourselves. <laughs> There's never been a people who have suffered more than the Jews. And you're not allowed to say this. It's not politically correct. Rejecting their Christ... This why? Boy, you just put that out in the newspaper and that's it. There'd be people picketing me, telling me how horrible I am. But this is the great story of God's salvation. Because unless the Jews reject their king, there is no salvation for all the pagan nations of the earth in the first century. And those pagan nations are your grandparents. They're your grandparents. (laughs) Those totem pole worshipers, (laughs) they're your grandparents. And you'd go to hell or you wouldn't even exist. So here's how the story's going to work. They rejected their Christ in 33 AD, give or take a few years. And now the gospel goes out to all the nations of the world. A time will come when God says that's enough. Enough pagans have been saved. And then the Jews living in that day, their leaders, they will see their Messiah realize their mistake and believe and when they believe you know what happens the end that's the big story and you live in it now I'm going to show you from the scripture ready here we go Luke 19 40 to 44 just follow these ideas when Jesus drew near the city this was near the end of his life he wept over it saying this is the city of Jerusalem here's Jesus coming in Jerusalem remember our story because you didn't know the Messiah is in your midst. Luke 19, 40 to 44. More evidence of this story. Matthew 23, 37. Jesus, again, near the end of his life, says, "Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you are not willing. I came for you, Jerusalem. I love you. John ten sixteen, familiar verse around here. Think about it in line with the big story. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. What is this fold? Say Israel. Help me out here. Say Israel. I have, I have sheep that are not of Israel. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. How? You're not going there. He's going to send people. And there will be one flock, one shepherd. You see, the really cool thing about this story do you know what? You become a Jew. You become a citizen of Israel, the true Israel, the real Israel, the one, the spiritual Israel. You become a Jew. If you hate Jews, you're in trouble. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, this is what he said. This is as far as we know his last words before ascending into heaven, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, right there at home, and in Judea, where all the Jews are, and Samaria, because there's Jews living in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He was was laying something on that Jews never knew. Jews didn't travel around the world bringing the the Bible. Now you do. We're changing the game. Romans 11, 7 to 8. And by the way, if you want to study up, read Romans 9 to 11 many times. And you'll see all this. But Romans 11, 7 to 8. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. Israel did not find the righteousness of God because they rejected their Christ. The elect obtained it, which means some of the Jews who were chosen by God, they did obtain it. The 12 and many, there were many Jews who got saved. But the rest of them were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see, ears that would not hear. This is Paul writing decades after Jesus' ministry, saying the same thing that Isaiah said, the same thing that Jesus said. To them I tell it in parables. To you I tell the secrets, Jesus said. Why do you tell them in parables? So hearing they will not hear. So seeing they do not see. Here Paul is giving us more explanation of that. The Jews are going to be blind to their Savior. They have to be or you can't get saved. Verse 11 and 12 from the same chapter. So I ask you, did the Jews stumble in order that they might fall? Oh, by no means. Rather, through their trespass, what is their trespass? They rejected their Savior. Salvation has come to the Gentiles. That's you. They rejected, so salvation comes to you. And so as to make Israel jealous. Hasn't worked yet. Now if their trespass means riches for the world. Follow this. If their trespass, if them rejecting Christ means I can be saved by grace through faith alone and you can too. And if their failures means riches for the Gentiles, it does. We are co-heirs with Christ. We inherit everything. If the Jews had received Christ, I don't get saved. They didn't. They rejected him. So I am rich now in Christ. How much more will all inclusion be? He is. There are some Christians who say, "No, ethnic Jews will never come to believe in Jesus." Now, just some of them will be saved. Well, what do you do with that verse? What do you do with that? It says they rejected, and now we're wealthy. What happens when they receive? By the, the answer is the resurrection from the dead. We get a new body. That's when it all wraps up. That's when the whole, when mama comes home, game over. And mama's Israel. She ain't home. She's out whoring her out. Romans eleven fifteen. For if there, re-, this is as plain as it can be, isn't it? For if the rejection means the reconciliation of the world, reconciling who to who. The world to God. Sinners in the world. What will their acceptance mean? That means their acceptance of Jesus is coming. What will it mean? Life from the dead. You read the news, you already know what's going to happen. You already know. You just don't know when. The day is going to come. Right now, the Jews are are some of the most godless people on the earth. And that's not an insult. It's just reality. They're not religious people in general. (laughs) go to Israel you'll see it there's a few of them that are very religious most of them are just they're just like New York liberals they're just they don't believe in God but the day will come verse 11 25 26 of Romans lest you be wise in your own sight before you get proud oh look at you and your bad self you're a Scottish, and you believe in Jesus, and the Jews didn't. weren't. So look, oh, you're, you think you're so smart? Well, lest you get proud, I don't want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. Here's a secret of the kingdom that He's going to tell us. A secret He's going to tell us. Here's the mystery. What's the mystery? A partial hardening has come upon Israel. They can't see. Well, how long is that going to last? Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. A partial hardening is on the Jews. It's going to go away. When? I don't know. Maybe soon. You might be praying for your brother to get saved. He could be the last Gentile. He finally says, yeah, I believe. Then bam, the end comes. You're like, wow, thanks. (laughs) And in this way, all Israel will be saved. The people in the end, they will see it. And in Zechariah, if we go back to the Old Testament, Zechariah chapter 12, long before Christ came, this was prophesied of the very end of time and what would happen to the Jews. Watch this. Because it's amazing. And on that day. Is the end of all things. Things are rough. I will seek to destroy all nations that come against Jerusalem. This is God talking. I will pour out on the house of David. Consider that. Jews. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem. A spirit of what? Grace. We know what that is. Don't we Christians? And please for mercy. Watch this. So that when they look on me, who is the me speaking? Say God, right? That's God, right? So when they look on me, now look how he switches. On him whom they have pierced, who's that? He's saying that's the same person and right there in the Old Testament. When they look on me, on him who they have pierced, they have pierced. That was in the Old Testament hundreds of years before the cross. And you know the secret of the kingdom now. What will happen? They shall mourn for him. At the end of time, they will look and get it and go, what were we thinking? As one mourns for an only child, as for a firstborn. Well, let's end it on a good note. In Revelation 5, 8 to 10. When he had taken the scroll... The four living creatures fell down. That's Jesus took a scroll up in heaven. And the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. That's Jesus, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense. We're not going into that, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. What were they saying? Worthy are you, Jesus, to take this scroll and open it, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. When those Jews rejected you and you were slain, you were purchasing people from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation, and you have made them a kingdom. This is Israel and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. This is the great secret plan of God to redeem Israel, gathering in pagans and then back to Israel, and then he comes back and sets up his kingdom in our midst. Father... Your kingdom come. Now, how do you find your place in this story if this is the story and it is? You are a character in the book. Answer. Oh, I got one, two, three, way too many for time. So here they come really fast. Live humbly before God. Live humbly. Follow Jesus every day because he is the king. Don't be kingless. Tell the world. That'd be three if I was numbering them. Tell the world. Tell unbelievers. They're going to look at me like I'm crazy. That doesn't matter. The fact is, the world is crazy. You're sane. That's why it looks like that. Warn the perishing. Encourage the redeemed. Don't be afraid. Oh, Christians, in this time, everyone's so worried about politics. Yeah, you got to be involved, whatever. Whatever. Beware the pessimism of this age. Christians can be so pessimistic. You're you're part of a story. It ends, I mean, Luke Skywalker blows up the Death Star when things look their darkest. E.T. comes back to life when things look their darkest. Things aren't dark. Oh, they're tough out there. Uh, you know, bad times. But don't be a pessimist. Don't sit around saying, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. So I better get more bullets and beans so when it does I can shoot my neighbor. <laughs> for Jesus, I've got to feed a family. Has God not been good to you? Yes. He brought you salvation. Pray for the Jews that He brings it to them. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Harvest Community Church. We invite you to join us at any one of our four campuses located in Catanning, Petrolia Valley, Indiana, and Freeport. For more information, check us out on the web at harvestpa.org.